Today's National Pickle Day. That's, is it? Yeah. Um, happy uh, National Pickle Day to the to our pickle people, which is Kevin. Wow, thank you. That's... You're a pickle person. Um, this post I'm looking at um, has a white slice of pizza with pickles on it. Oh, there's this place in Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati pizza is not very reputable. Yeah. But it was like a New York style slice. Yeah. Definitely wasn't like a quality. The quality of the dough definitely was not uh, mm-hmm. up to par for the New York slice. Okay. But they would do a pickle pie and it'd be like pickles and red onions and it'd be freaking delicious. This one looks pretty good. The photo I just showed Kevin. Um, yeah. First we feast. Um, shout out to them. But I would, I would, I would experiment. Uh, for those that don't know, Kevin um, loves pickles uh, so much so that it's, it's not his personality, but it's like. It's, it's not, I don't even, it's not even my personality. No, no, so. no. I, I just said it wasn't. I said it was like. It's 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 in the orbit of like the top five things maybe that like are defining of Kevin that I know. Yeah. Like you love pickles. There's nothing wrong with it. No. Like if you go to dinner or you get burgers with Kevin, Kevin's going to get his burger with extra pickles. Yeah. If you go to a sandwich shop, he's going to get a sandwich with extra pickles. That's yeah, just what he is. Because they, they'd be skimping. Yeah, but you want, I want pickles. I want ample coverage. Yeah. I mean, you are not a mint boy. That's another thing. Yeah. I will, I will not apologize for no. ordering extra pickles. Kevin K- hates mint. Loves pickles. Loves pickles. So, yeah. For those keeping track at home. Three, two, one. Kevin. What's up, buddy? What's up? Nothing much. We are in a new location today uh, for those people that watch at home. <laughs> For those who watch the clips. Yeah, we don't actually put the clips online. Um, although people have asked, so maybe one day we'll put the clips online. I, I, I think it would be sick to have a studio. Like, Kevin, your microphone is now broken. You just broke it, and now it's off, and now it's just making <laughs> so much noise. <laughs> uh, how many years have we been podcasting now? Like one and a half. Yeah, yeah. I was in my head, you know what I was just thinking? I was like, I think we crossed like the 10,000 hours of podcasting where no, I, th- I think not. we're we're podcasters <laughs> now, you know? No, we're, we're not. There's no way we're 10,000 hours. Can I tell you something funny? It needs to be 10,000 episodes. <laughs> I guess you're right. But I feel like we've done a lot of the work on podcasting and sure. the, to cross the bridge of being what I would consider like podcasters like in the beginning i think we were impersonating podcasters we we're creating a podcast i feel like now i don't know why this is but i think it's because of just the momentum of the pod and sure the listeners i feel like i feel like a podcaster good i feel like when i sit down to pod i'm not like i'm not pretending to be some of my favorite podcasters okay as much and maybe i felt like i was in the beginning cool um, I was in Hudson last uh, week, last weekend, and I was at a uh, like a sort of grocery shop, mm-hmm. and Malcolm Gladwell walks right by me. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He had a kid on his on his on his chest, um, in one of those baby slings. So I I didn't say anything, but um, you didn't you give him a, you didn't give him a little head nod. I kind of gave him like I know who you are kind type of thing. He seems like he'd not be into that yeah he did not seem like a type of guy that you're like hey i'm a fan and i'm i'm not a huge fan so i don't know what to say in those moments just be like, like hey I, I see you on the internet <laughs> yeah i've read i've seen i've listened to you on like podcasts with bill simmons before yeah i've, I've seen you on the internet and you have kind of a bad take about uh working from home Ooh, yeah i actually <laughs> like his working from home take we could, we don't have enough time to go back and forth but i kind of agree with some of his thinking like and i'm i could get crucified for this um, or I will get crucified for this, but I do believe that people that work from home 
it's hard to feel connected to, to, yeah, no, to the I th- company I think that's for. I think that's facts. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, especially if you work at a, like a larger place, yeah. you don't necessarily need to be connected. That's fair. Know. No, I agree. Um, but I did think his general belief of people and companies, like, I think it's important to feel attached to what you do every day. Yeah, you spend so sure. much of your time working. And it is hard to feel that way when you are not around other people. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of uh, bad work from home takes, are yeah. you uh, tracking what's going on with Twitter? Uh, I, I'm tracking a little bit. It's it, you know, it's definitely national news. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty crazy. There was um, everyone knows the story, so I don't need to int- introduce it. But like, I there was that one day where like it was a lawless land where mm-hmm. you could just like yeah. make up accounts and tweet whatever. Yeah, like last like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, like the f- the first days of Twitter blue. Yeah, is that over? Like yeah, what? they they uh totally paused it. I think they're rethinking it because um, <laughs> didn't go so well. Yeah, appa- apparently an idea, a good idea that you think you have about running uh, a yeah. huge social media platform, yeah. um, a good idea that you have may not actually work. Yeah, it was actually pretty impressive to see something that was like in his mind, I believe, such a strong idea. Oh yeah, magnificently fail. Yeah, <laughs> like it failed in such a catastrophic way. It was pitched. And it was smashed by the internet. Yeah. I it was funny to see. Like yeah. I think that it's probably one of the rockiest starts um <laughs> a, a, a person who's bought anything has yeah. ever had. I think he fired the whole communications uh department. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Like not yeah. not like for them. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. For not for the people, but like to laugh at Elon Musk and how dumb sure. it is. And then he implements this Twitter blue, which is like basically from what I've read, like a lot of advertisers are backing off the platform now. And a lot of brands are backing off the platform because like, why would they, A, why would they need to pay to be authenticated when they're the real thing? And Mm -hmm. B, like, why would they pay to be on a platform that like you could just, some random dude in fucking Iowa could just say, um, I'm I'm Nintendo and or like yeah. I'm I'm Joe Biden <laughs> or yeah. whatever and like post some heinous shit. Yeah, I think I don't think he underestimated the trolls, right? Or like how fucked up people are online. I think that was one of his big mistakes. And then the other mistake is I do think Twitter is an incredible platform. Mm-hmm. I think Twitter sometimes gets some shit or people say it's not great, but like it's it's by far in a way my second favorite platform social media wise. Like I'll put Instagram, obviously, probably where I spend most of my time, and then I think Twitter is second. TikTok is slowly creeping up there, mm-hmm. but I I love Twitter. I don't tweet a ton, but like I get a lot of my news from Twitter. I love every time I go on Twitter. It's a I, I genuinely enjoy it. I think there's some people that really are great on the app. Mm-hmm. Um, Desus was particularly hilarious throughout all of this. Who's you know if if you're not a Desus follower, um. He he was great through all the stuff. To me, it would be the saddest thing if Twitter was non-existent or was like totally run into the ground. Because I I think it'd be really bad. I if, agree. If it was over, I I don't like seeing people you mm-hmm. know, lose their jobs or anything. But it does seem to be going in that in that way where you know he's trying to do all these big ideas that he probably had like, and he's trying to be like the savior of Twitter, and he's probably going to end up alienating most of the people who work there he'll probably turn it around mm-hmm. and i don't think the app's gonna like die be gone it it's seems tough. rocky yeah. yeah rocky and and i think like 
is that part of me is like, is that his goal? Is his goal to like crash this site or whatever reason? But I, I don't really know what's going on or what the purpose of it all is. But I just, I'd be really sad if it, if it, it if it did kind of get destroyed because I think they've had issues um, with advertising, like yeah. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Like, there's a very clear advertising model and platform. In Twitter, it's not like sponsored posts kind of aren't the same like it's a written form mm-hmm. it's hard to stick in ads yeah it's just difficult to do and so for that reason they've struggled for years long before elon mm-hmm. bought the company to to sort of make it a financially viable platform even though it's a great platform that everyone loves yeah i mean and again it's like well maybe he could just charge for it and but people go crazy and then he was trying to get people to pay for it because getting verified or a check is something that people want. So I know people it, want that really bad. Yeah. So I bet you wish that Instagram did that. I mean, I don't, I don't want it that way though. I want to earn it. Yeah. But yeah, of course I do think that's something that a lot of people want. So it makes sense that financially like give people something that they want and make them pay for it. But I, you know, again, you got to think through these things because if people can just have a check and create an account and create a name and say they're LeBron James and say they want to trade. <laughs> like it's, it's bad yeah. and it's going to give people a lot of misinformation, which already is a major problem with the platform. Yeah. That Eli Lilly one, uh, where they tweeted that insulin will now be free. Yeah. That one, that stock. one went so hard. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really tank it. Like the, the sure. graph looks a lot worse than it actually is. I think it went, it, it dropped like maybe 40 or $60, which is probably not great for, yeah. I don't really know how stocks work, but it's probably not great. <laughs> it's not good, but I, I think I'm hopeful. We'll be it'll be rocky, um, but it will not be the end. Yeah. Of, of the road. I just don't understand how people are still like topping Elon Musk right now. Like they just really love. There's still he's still got a lot of stands. I agree with you. It's 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 not fun, and it's not that funny to me. I think that's the part where it's like I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's so funny. It's like. I, I it makes me a little sad because I do yeah. like Twitter a lot and I um I, I don't want it to I just don't want it to be run into the ground. I think I just think it's really funny to see like Eli Lilly's stock get tanked by um yeah. you know a, t- a tweet that's like pointing out some shitty practices mm. you know about gouging insulin prices. So sure. I yeah. like that. I'm here for that. Yeah, um, I mean some of that is. I mean none of those none of those fake tweets are really all that funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the ones with impact were yeah I, I particularly liked yeah yeah it's 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 it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out yeah um Kevin Ronnie Feig is the first ever creative director of the New York Knicks did you see that I did see that you sent it to me yeah um there was a post by 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 Ronnie where he's sitting courtside on his phone inside of Madison Square Garden and the jumbotron says welcome our first ever creative director for the New York Knicks Ronnie Feig. And then there was a um, there was a uh, a video mm-hmm. that the Knicks um, kind of put on their feed, sort of like a sizzle reel, sort of introductory video, pump up video, sort of as if like when Carmelo Anthony mm-hmm. came back to the Knicks and they did the sort of "I'm coming home" tribute video. Video is crazy. That video rules. This video was about Ronnie. Ronnie's like walking around and uh, creative directing. Creative directing. <laughs> Yes. So I need to start off by admitting my jealousy. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first place I want to start here because uh, I'm a huge Knicks fan. People that know me know that. Grew up being uh, sort of a big Knicks and Mets fan. Those are my two main franchises, Blue and Orange. Mm-hmm. 
And being the creative director for the Knicks was and somewhat still is my dream job. Would you leave center to be? Probably not, but. Did you step away from center to be? Maybe if that was presented to me. Um, could it, you, you could do like an ESPN uh, sure, yeah. little feature yeah. decision. I, I w- <laughs> I'm taking my talents to the garden. Um, I just have a bunch of kids sitting around the floor around <laughs> yeah. me and then I just like, like crush their dreams or something. Um, yeah, it is my dream job. And so growing up as a Knicks fan and as a designer, like my whole, um, my, 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 a lot of my ambition in design is to work with my favorite brands, mm-hmm. like, Brands to create brands and to work with brands that I admire and I love. Yeah, and that's your top brand. That's my top brand. It's Apple and it's the Knicks and it's the Mets and that's my top three. In that order? Probably. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm really? a huge. I'm a huge Apple stan. Like huh. I love Apple. But I mean, I I think those are my top three. So I'm man enough to admit when this post goes up, I'm I'm immediately jealous, right? Because that's like that's like someone getting my dream job right Mm -hmm. so i don't know ronnie at all but like of course like there's just immediate jealousy but here's the problem so in 2006 in my senior year of college i was studying communication design at the university of buffalo and in my senior year of college i was talking to some of my professors and they wanted me to apply and i did to a internship with milton glazer and I wasn't that interested in working for Milton Glaser, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more interested in working uh, for a brand that I admired or loved. And so that's why I applied and got into an internship program at Madison Square Garden working for the New York Knicks. And so I turned down the Milton Glaser internship and my first ever job as a professional designer, I got paid $25 a day as an Whoa. intern. Yeah, pretty sick. I know. Um, it was enough to cover my my train ticket and lunch Jeez. to and from Madison Square Garden, where I was living. It was over the summer, so I was living at home in Oceanside with my parents. I would get on the Long Island Railroad, wearing a like slacks and like a button-down shirt tucked in. It was there was a dress code. Whoa! And I worked in the art and design department for Madison Square Garden, directly working for both the Knicks and the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um. It was pretty. It was my first job as a designer, and it was super sick. I was fucking excited. Like this was my again part of my dream. And so when I got there, I was introduced to um, two people. One, uh, her name is Jonasy. She was the creative director for the Rangers, and then a creative director I worked with. Um, his name is Matthew Strong. And not only was Matthew Strong not the first creative director for the Knicks, there have been multiple creative directors since, as far as I'm aware. How can that be? <sighs> That's why I have a hard time with Ronnie Feig not being the creative director for the Knicks, but saying that he is the first ever creative director for the New York Knicks. Because I'm sorry, Ronnie, it's an amazing job. You deserve it. You've earned it. You've made some pretty ama- you've put your imprint on New York through fashion and hip hop and design, all of it. You de- he deserves it. He 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 has worked his ass off, and I'm not taking anything away from Ronnie. But to say you're the first ever creative director of the New York Knicks is factually untrue, and you're erasing history for people that actually worked a real fucking job <laughs> at that organization. And like they weren't just designing like the city jerseys. In fact, they were designing no jerseys. They were designing like, you know, tickets, like season ticket packages mm-hmm. and like cups and 
mailers and signage and like a lot of jobs that quite frankly, I don't believe the Ronnie is going to do in this role. So uh, there's probably some dude at the Knicks right now who's the creative director and is like, what the fuck? Like, that's my job. Well, do you think it's maybe a situation of like a creative director versus the creative director? I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm hard, hard to understand the semantics of like the creative versus a creative director. Like, so a creative director is a person who that is directing creative, who's directing creative, and there may be a couple of creative directors. The creative director is the top dog. The person that that I don't believe that that's what's happening because the the team there is quite small. It's not like a big team. It's not like a center is four times the size I would imagine of the Knicks creative team. Like no way. Yeah, no, it's fucking really? small. No, it's tiny. It's like Still? It's, it's like a couple designers and like a project manager. It's, there's not like huge design teams at most sport teams. I mean, maybe that has changed in 15 years, but like, I I think those teams are quite small. I mean, I imagine there are some that maybe are a little bit bigger than now. Please uh, write us in. If you work for a professional basketball team or any sports, you know, in-house, like let us know. But when I was there, it was a very small team. Like I have a general hard time with vanity creative directors in general. Mm -hmm. Like basically like you do the limited edition court and you do limited edition Jersey and limited edition merch saying that you're the creative director when like, there's a real job that like has a lot of things that are involved in it. That's like going to meetings and dealing with a lot of like, not that sexy shit. That's like the actual job of being creative director for any company. Yeah. But that's the job for a creative director, not the (laughs) The creative director. director I I agree. So, so that's the thing. It's like, I don't have a hard time with him being the creative director and like sort of being sort of this like vanity figurehead job for the Knicks as jealous as I am or whatever. Saying you're the first ever is particularly challenging for me. That's the part that I'm having a hard time wrestling with. And to be honest, a, a week or so has passed since this has happened, and I've cooled down quite a bit. Um, not that I was like, I know, you were pop- mad, you were popping off. But I was definitely in the studio being like, this is some bullshit. I mean, your notes are in all caps, and you did uh, maneuver your way around your the argument you just laid out in a graceful Oh, thank you. And yet not yelling away, which is, you know, kudos to you. Because you. You, were, you were a little heated. No, I mean, it wasn't heated. It just was like, I, I, I'm so thankful that I have a podcast mm-hmm. where with so many listeners that I can get onto a microphone and say, then talk my talk. My talk. Mm-hmm. And so that's the end of my rant. Um, and, and, and listen, I actually like the jerseys they did that he did this year. They reminded me of sort of those early 2000s, um, Latrell Sprewell era Knicks jerseys with the mm-hmm. black, like, mm-hmm. and the piping on the sides. I thought they were cool, much better than last year, last year's jerseys that Ronnie did. Um, so listen, I, again, this is not taking away from him. I just have a hard time with the first ever creative director <laughs> job where I legitimately worked for the New York Knicks under a creative director who existed. Hmm. Yes. Um, are you sure though? Do you are you sure he I'm, he I'm, worked under a creative director? I was there. Uh moving on. FTX is in shambles. Larry David was right. So Kevin, um, talk to me about this saga. Yeah, so apparently there's been some shady shit going on with FTX. Mm-hmm. I'm like I said earlier, I'm not a uh, financial analyst. analyst. My financial literacy is almost zero. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what's going on there. And I don't really know what's going on with FTX. Yep. But basically, um, what I read was they had an $8 billion liquidity crisis. And what that means, I don't fucking know. Basically, I think last week, late last week, um, they froze 
a lot of people's accounts on their platform, not allowing people to deposit or withdraw their money. So that sends people into a large panic <laughs> and shit starts popping out. Um, and then I think they recently, I think maybe last Friday, they declared bankruptcy. Yes. So this hugely funded next level financial system sure. is probably in need of a bailout, but the crypto space is not regulated or mm. like there's, yeah, there's like no regulations for it. And in fact, they've written their own regulations for it, which, mm. you know, is shady shit. Basically, um, that Super Bowl commercial that Larry David was in when he yes. was uh, telling, saying that the wheel wasn't a good idea <laughs> and that the, uh, allowing people to vote wasn't a good idea. He says, no, Oof. I'm never wrong about these things. Oof. Turns out he's right. He, mm. <laughs> he's vindicated and FTX made that commercial themselves. A smart man like Larry David, I think. Uh, yeah, I think he probably took his money in cold hard cash, yeah. USD. Yeah, it's not great, and it's it's t- again, it's it's a tough situation where you don't want to laugh because it's like people's livelihoods are in danger or whatever. Sure, like, you know this isn't a great situation, but it it is a little funny. <laughs> it is just slightly funny that we created this large bubble they were saying the whole time no it's not gonna burst no it's like totally legit and then like not even a year later it's fucking burst Uh, i have a quote from the ceo sam who uh, if you haven't seen him he has crazy hair that's like one of his defining characteristics i've not wasn't familiar with this man until this week, so apparently shows, he shows only uh, sleeps four hours a night in the office. Jesus, well, that's um, that's probably your first mistake. He had a quote from him. He said, "I uh, fucked up and should have done better." Um, he said in a in a, in, a, in a tweet on Thursday, and then he said, "quote The full story here is one I'm still flushing out every detail of, but at a very high level, I fucked up twice." So <laughs> this is he lost thirteen billion dollars personally, not great, and then. Yeah, it does look like it's all coming crashing down, including the Miami Heat, who apparently they had like an FTX arena. Mm-hmm. So they're they were scheduled. Um, it was a- it was FTX arena. They like yeah. took the name off of it already. Yeah. Whoa, that was fast. Yeah. They had a hundred thirty five million dollar deal for nineteen years. They were scheduled to make a five point five million dollar payment in January. Kind of funny. Uh, I know you don't want to talk about this, but you know he swooped in and uh, is putting a bid for the naming rights at the Miami Heat arena. Who is it, Kevin? It's Bang Bros. Of course they the, are. The uh, yeah. infamous porn company, yeah. Bang Bros, is I, proposing, they call it the Bang Bros Center. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they've put a real bid in, which yeah, they sure. are not going to get. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are certainly not going to get, but... No, nope, not at all. Could you imagine if they did? I mean, it the would BBC? be... BBC? It, it would be pretty, um, pretty iconic, for sure. Um, in Miami, I guess, would be one of the only places where I could possibly imagine it even potentially happening, either that or <laughs> Vegas. But um, yeah, no, um, it's never going to happen. I am more on the it's funny to laugh at it side because I'm going to be honest. I didn't really know what FTX was. I still don't really know what FTX is. I imagine it's like a platform where like a Coinbase where yeah. you can put money mm-hmm. in out, right? And all I saw was that kind of crazy hair founder and that people were kind of freaking out because they had money that they were now locked away from. So a lot of celebrities lost money, which is funny, which always always makes it a little bit funny. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady's having a tough month. Yeah. First 
the divorce to um, mm-hmm. from his supermodel wife, Giselle. Yes. And then now, huge hit on the net worth. Yeah. So that's, he, that's he owned 0.15% of FTX, which was valued at... 45 mil. 45 mil. And that's down 72%. So... I don't know the math on that, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not ready to do to do math, but I, uh, here's the thing. And then I don't know if you saw this, but uh, last night or yesterday, um, Giselle was out with her jujitsu trainer. Um, I did. I saw that. Yeah, which tough, tough for Tom Brady. And I mean, this is like I'm just gonna say it. Like as someone who has a little money in crypto, like you have to be somewhat aware that like this money that you are investing in this thing that lives in the blockchain that you in a wallet or something that some other company created that was just invented 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Like this is the deal you make that this could happen. I, I genuinely believe that. And if yeah. you were a professional athlete or a movie star or someone that decided to take some of your money in crypto, mm-hmm. I think that is, there's a certain amount of like risk involved. And so this is what that risk could be. I'm not saying that like it could also balloon and go up and crypto, you know, could skyrocket and become the next currency. And, you know, many people believe that it will be, but I do think it's kind of like gambling. Yeah, there is a chance, and I think also with Tom Brady, like coming back to football after winning a championship mm-hmm. in his forties and not riding off into the sunset, like and just going out on top, like that was a gamble. Like he, there's no saying that the Bucks were going to continue to like be a top team in the NFL yeah. and. It's looking like there's some injuries and his team isn't that good. And hey, they won two in a row. But I would say if I've learned one thing about Tom Brady, don't rule him out. Don't rule him out. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, nothing makes nothing makes football players play harder than uh, yeah losing losing their girl. You know, <laughs> or the fifty percent of his money. But Giselle's richer than Tom, which is yeah. like a whole other thing. But well, I, I think what happened was he did that, and he there he had a commercial. Um, and they were giving out like equity for like sure. being brand, celebrity brand ambassadors. He'll be and fine. I'm sure he in, maybe invested some money in there, but yeah, yeah he, he will be fine. I'm not worried about Tom Brady and I'm sure I'm not even worried about him in the like short term. Like I think, I think the Bucks will probably make the playoffs and like he'll totally be fine and he'll find a way to win a championship yeah, again. He, like, he might just need to lay off his next plastic surgery. That is probably a good idea. And to be honest, like, I think he can play for another couple of years. Like he yeah. has shown shown no signs of 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 slowing down at all. No, um, Kevin, a Philadelphia man makes internet clamor by eating forty rotisserie chickens in forty days. So last week, a tweet went viral that showed a photo of a flyer stapled to a pole in Philadelphia. The rest of the quote: "The rest of the country will never understand the enduring spirit of Philadelphia." Read the tweet which stands at over 100,000 likes. The flyer read, November 6th will be the 40th consecutive day that I have eaten an entire rotisserie chicken. 12 o'clock noon, the chicken will be consumed on that that abandoned pier near Walmart. This is not a party. The man is named Alexander Tominsky, and he's the man behind the the rotisserie chicken eating. The question to you, is this impressive? I want to say it is impressive, but I also would like to say that I could easily do this. Okay. I could do I could do 60 days. Yeah. I'm kind of, so my immediate reaction, not only is this not impressive. Mm-hmm. I think most people could do this. Like I I it's it's not even like it's it's a month and less than a month and a half. Eating rotis I think there are people that are actively doing this. Like rotisserie chicken is not a whole one. 
Yeah, but it's an affordable meal mm-hmm. in a lot of grocery stores and supermarkets, right? Where you can get a full rotisserie chicken for like six dollars or seven bucks, which is always strikes me as insane. Like those price in the product, like mm-hmm. you get so much food for that amount of money, it's hard to turn down, and it's delicious. And chicken, you could eat that in like a million different ways. You can make sandwiches. You could eat it straight. You can, you could, you could do a million different things with with chicken and shredded. And I, I, I've no eating forty rotisserie chickens in forty days to me is is do it for four hundred days, <laughs> like do it for a full year every yeah. day. Eat a rotisserie chicken for a month. Yeah, eating the same thing. I don't think. Yeah, I no. agree. I don't think the feed is all that impressive, but I do think that taking the initiative of posting flyers around your city. And yeah. did you see the crowd he, he drew up? No, it was, no. it was pretty sick. Like he had quite a few people there. Yeah. Like people, that part sh- is people funny. showed up. Like, that's great. Yeah. Like, that part is funny. And he documented his entire journey on Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he did it right. The, yeah. The, the numbers, I think 40 is, I think it's probably a lot more difficult than you would think. Listen, I'm not trying to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm just saying I could and I could do it easily. If somebody sponsored me, I could I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. It's 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 if, a, if the front and center podcast wants to sponsor me eating rotisserie chickens every day for sixty days, I would yeah. I would gladly oblige. It's like saying I'm gonna eat eggs every day for forty days for breakfast. It's like oh, it's sh- like eating Sure, fine. But like a rotisserie chicken is quite a it, it's a big? You're saying it's big? It's a. It's a. Is that I, the impressive I think part here? I think it's bigger than you would think. A full chicken is 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 fine in one sitting. Is is it's a big meal? Yeah, I'm not saying it's a, not it's a tough, big yeah. meal, but I just I just don't think that's that really that crazy. Too like like are you taking the easy pizzas off or are you just eating the whole thing? Like yeah, I don't know. I just don't think this is impressive at all. All right, I think this is a completely doable thing. I think the part that he's like making it internet. Like, you know, controversy or stapling things and making it a sort of a spectacle. That's cool. That's funny. But I just don't, I'm not impressed by that at all. Yeah. I think every day for a year and maybe we start to, I, maybe I'm, 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 I'm sl- slightly amused, but <laughs> tough crowd. 40 days. Oh, I'm going to eat a turkey sandwich every day for 40 days. It's like, yeah, of course. Everyone, you could eat a turkey sandwich every day forever. Yeah, but a turkey the, turkey sandwich is a lot smaller. Yeah, I mean, fine. I, I think it, I, again. I I'm, I don't think it's that. I, I don't think it's the size. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's like an impressive feat of any sort. Can't just let him have it. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I think Kevin, you could do this so easily. I know. I want to do it. No, it'd be so. It would be so easy. It'd be. It would be enjoyable. I think after like the thirtieth day, you'd be like, oh man, I really don't want to eat chicken anymore. But like. I mean, I genuinely believe that if you like chicken in the way that I like chicken, yeah, and you like chicken, this would be an easy thing to do. Listen, if if I got a Lulabird chicken every day, I could I could easily do it. That it, shit, yeah, that it's really not that, that hard. shit goes crazy. Um, our next story comes from the dot dot com dieline story of the day. Shout out to the good people over at the dieline. Yeah, they're uh, starting their award submissions soon. Ooh, so get your award submissions in. I am uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited about that because. Center, maybe. Maybe we want to submit some us. things. Maybe it could be us. I don't believe I'm judging this year, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm okay with that. Um, not because I don't like being a judge, but because 
as you know, I've you've yeah. seen me have to do the <laughs> the judging. It's it's quite. Oh, a, I've seen it. Yeah, it's it's quite, it's quite an endeavor. Um, but a lot I, of lot of love and care goes in. I love uh, care and time. Love care and time. So if you are submitting, you should submit, and um, you should appreciate the judges who, who spend a lot of their time judging those award shows. And it's a huge honor. It's a great trophy. The D, come on, yeah. like getting a gold or silver or bronze or any type of D, that's just a. It's a top three trophy on our shelf. Ah, absolutely. Easy. Yeah. Easy top and three. It's not three. Top three, not three. Yeah. And maybe two. Um, let us guess we have a camp line. Okay. Um, <laughs> the next story, I think, you know, again, this could be up for um, a, a dial award, I think. And that's and it would be well-deserved. And that's because the uh, Montreal-based creative agency Wedge um, has partnered with the Coca-Cola company uh, to rebrand Canada Dry. It's not Coke. Coke owns Canada Dry, Kevin. Are you Kevin. sure? I thought it was Dr. Pepper. No. Um, Coca-Cola. Get your facts right. Coca-Cola. Let me let me make sure. Before I go on a If it's Dr. Pepper, I'm leaving this in. Because I'm pretty sure I read Dr. Pepper. It's going to be so vindicating. Okay. It's on by Dr. Pepper. Let's redo the whole segment. Um... <laughs> I can't leave in the part when I was right. Fine, leave it in. Montreal-based creative agency Wedge um, has partnered with the Dr. Pepper family. <laughs> Doesn't matter who they're partnered with. They rebranded Canada Dry. And uh, I think I'm going to go on a limb here and give flowers where they're due. I think Wedge does some of the best design work in the biz. Yeah. I'm constantly impressed. And uh, if I was still working at Coke, I would probably bang that line and say, we want to bring you yeah. in to do some type of work together. Fantastic design studio, mm-hmm. even better salad. Oh, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, Kevin. Did you think they invented that? Uh, I doubt, I doubt they did that. Um, but I agree with you. I love a wedge salad. And so this is one of those topics that like, you just kind of have to go on the dial line to see it. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought, they did a great job taking Canada Dry, a brand that is beloved and appreciated by grandmas and grandpas everywhere, and then kind of giving it a, a modern a refresh. They kind of went into the archives. They they looked at all the sort of um, sort of history of the brand, and they kind of went for a bit of a more flat system. Which, as you know, I'm always a fan of kind of simplifying things. Oh yeah, down. you love that getting into those iconic assets. They did a really great job with the colors. I think they did a really great job with the system overall, typeface, everything really strong. And I think it just looks, it just looks great. So yeah. shout out to the team over at Wedge uh, for doing a great job on this project. Yeah. It's totally sick and it's going to be uh, winning mm-hmm. a bunch of awards. Yeah. Like this is just one of those, uh, you know, you know, when you see it, you know, one of the just hot fire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a great project and it's, it's, you know, again, to take a brand that has that kind of history and arguably awful design and to be able to give it that sort of modern facelift that there aren't many brands, to be honest, on the shelves that have been there for quite so long yeah. that are look quite as bad. That, that as previous it. version is like really pretty rough. awful. And yeah. they just really they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And I think they did it right. They like, you know, again, they didn't change it significantly, but they made all the right decisions. Oh, yeah. I love when uh companies show some of the history or some of the background like of the of the of the company and of the identity and of the things they were inspired by. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of that time a lot of times designers do that in like conferences where they'll show like kind of the 
you know, the, the, the archives and kind of looking at some of the, the design work that they were, uh, you know, inspired by or things that they kind of were excited to sort of bring back mm-hmm. or to sort of hone in. And uh, I thought that was all really well done by them. And then, Kevin, there was one thing that did stand out from the wedge um, and the die line story. Mm-hmm. And that is um, that Canada dry ginger ale is made with 100% natural flavorings, including real natural flavor in castorium, which is secured from the beaver anal gland. Yeah. I looked into this a little bit. I don't yeah. I don't know if they still yes. uh, I don't know if it's still in there. Um I can't mm. confirm or deny that it, it is or isn't in there still. Okay. I would guess based on what I read that it's probably not. Um, yes. but it was a little unclear. Castorium uh, is a quintessential secret ingredient, sometimes that made a flavor better and more interesting while looting recognition. Mm-hmm. This is from vice.com. Yeah, I think it, I mean, that was quite eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would maybe like to hear a documentary about, you know, the 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 brave pioneer who <laughs> tasted the <laughs> anal gland juice of a beaver yeah. and mm-hmm. was like, damn, this shit bangs. Let's, yeah. let's put it in our drinks. <laughs> yeah, so B- Vice does have an article, A History of Flavoring Food with Beaver Butt Juice. Um, and on the old Canada Dry packaging, there's actually a beaver on the front of them. Mm-hmm. This is the type of brand history, though, that I love. Yeah, it's this is good incredible. fucking history. Yeah. And so castorium is not a cheap substitute for strawberries. It's a luxe artisanal secretions from a beaver's rear end. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's shocking. It wouldn't be vegan, right? If it had the beaver anal juice, mm. um, it wouldn't be a vegan drink. And I do think it is vegan. Yeah, I mean, but are vegans down with <laughs> anal secretions? I don't know. I don't know what the line is with with vegans. Maybe hit my line uh, if you're a vegan. Yeah, slide in my DMs and tell me if you would drink anal secretion from a beaver. It's a natural flavor. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah, I mean, so if you're saying it's 100 percent natural flavors, if it comes from a beaver, that doesn't mean it's not natural. That's true. But it is intriguing, and I do think it's a bit of a. It's a bit of an odd brand story, I'll be honest. If, that's probably why they didn't include the beaver. That's probably why they removed the beaver from the brand It's a good identity. move. It's a very smart move. But listen, if I know anything about the internet, if you would have made the beaver a part of this brand system and told the story of Castorium, I think people would be paying attention. Maybe change the name to Ass Ale. <laughs> yeah, apparently it makes things taste good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious. Yeah, um, I'll ingest just about anything. Yeah, um, minus mint, but uh, yeah, I, w- I would I would love to try it. You know, yeah, if any, if any listeners out there have a you know have plug Castorium plug, just, yeah, you know, hit my line. Began uh, to be used in flavorings in the early 20th century. Flavor makers were borrowing freely from perfumers' toolkits. And so by the 60s, it was being used in vanilla and fruity blends mm, and 1970s flavors. Castorium can be found in beverages, baked goods, ice cream, candy, and especially in chewing gum. Yummy. This is, yeah. Yummy, yummy anal juice. Um, <laughs> Clip it. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. Kevin, uh, you heard of Eminem? Yeah. Remember his hit song that mentions Mom Spaghetti? <laughs> Yeah, his song, Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> you remember his hit song, Mom's Spaghetti? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Lose yourself yeah. in the moment. Mm-hmm. You better never let it go. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what Eminem is doing to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Eight Mile. Um, he is setting up a Shopify retail space in Soho from November 10th to November 20th. That's happening right now. And uh, basically, Mom Spaghetti is a pop-up shop that serves spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, and I remember us talking about this maybe in the past on this podcast. I think we definitely talked about this last year. Yeah, Paul Rosenberg, his uh, agent, famously said the previously uh, previous pop-ups are really a test for us to determine whether we have enthusiasm for a regularly, regularly occurring mom spaghetti spot that would be open all year long. We're really pleased to announce the arrival of the walk-up restaurant adjacent upstairs store called The Trailer, where fans can experience a uniquely curated environment and obtain merch other items from M&M, and his new pasta operation. So this is this is going to be here forever in Soho? No, 10 days. This spaghetti can't be good. No. And right? It, it just feels feels hokey. Well, I think people's palate for M&M is... Uh, Stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think... He, he's not a desired flavor you know, no. anymore. The, Huge, kids, the kids say he's cringe. Hugely popular. This feels cringy. So this is kind of on brand, I guess. I mean, he is, he is a little cringe. Yeah, I mean, but listen... Can't, Can't take that away from his uh, former albums, though. Those that, go; those are fucking dude, classics. Throw those in any day. On yeah. a long drive, go mm-hmm. into Spotify, click that Eminem channel, go to the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. You'll have yourself a good time. Um, last Wh- Are story, you going to go? No, absolutely not. Uh, last story, Molly Boz has wine. Um, Molly Boz is a famous uh, Bon Appetit alum. The winner of the Bon Appetit fallout. Like, I, th- I do think she... Like everyone kind of split their split ways kind of uh, during COVID and is doing other things. Uh, your boy Brad's still there, still holding down the fort at Bon Appetit. I think so. Yeah, no, he is. And he's he's a part of the new cast. There's like yeah, a new yeah. sort of like crew. And some of those people- the I, new... I keep up with them. I like I like their- uh, Me too. I like a lot of their videos. Me too. I still like the videos and um, some of the new cast are good. Like I do like some of the new people, uh, wide, a wider variety of sort of, uh, of backgrounds, uh, which is what they got um, sort of flame for. And and Brad, Brad is Brad's a star. He's he's the best. But Molly's also a star. And I think whatever Molly will do, I think people will like. And one thing about Molly that I think people like is she has great taste. And I think and she's fun. absolutely. And this wine kind of uh, is a reflection of that. Uh, she partnered with Fisk, another amazing design studio. Um, and I believe they're out of Portland, right? Yeah, is that where they're yeah. based out of. And uh, they did a great job on the wine label. I saw the wine label and I put it in our Slack channel as like inspiration or just like in, in our inspiration channel. Yeah, the people are going wild. I don't know if they're going wild, but <laughs> I think this was before I knew Fisk was behind it. I was like, this looks pretty cool. And um, um, yeah, and, and to find out that Fisk was behind it was not surprising, but it was it was cool. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a great looking design. If you go check it out on the design line, that's where um, there's this full story about Molly's wine and sort of the the the, the thinking and, and the story behind it. But it's good design. Yeah, I like the design as well. I think yeah. I would like. I'm I'm interested to try the wine. Yeah. Um, it seems like very unpretentious, um, kind of just like a casual enjoyer's wine. Yes. Um, which. I think there's ample room for. Yeah. It's so. a, it says a chillable red-ish wine, which is yeah. very Molly to say. It's like, it's not a red wine, it's red-ish. Yeah. So. I mean, I think that's a blend that... Uh, hmm I, yeah. I may be wrong, and this is, might be totally out of pocket, but I do think it might be a little cheaper to make a blend. Okay. Well, I would be interested in trying, and I judge things by the labels, and this one it looks good. And yeah, I don't know Alex literally wine. judges books by their cover. That's legitimately how I pick my books. Yeah, and and my wine. <laughs> uh, before we go, Kevin, there's two quick stories because 
Uh, next week is Thanksgiving. Do you want to hold for next week? Do these uh, stories next week? We have Thanksgiving. Let's do the Thanksgiving spectacular next week. We'll talk about all the Thanksgiving things and we'll talk we'll, about what we're thankful for. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll do have a funny like rating system or something. Oh, oh, totally. We'll plan for it for, it's for, gobbles for, the next, or something. for the next seven days. We'll be planning. What are we doing for the special Thanksgiving spectacular? Uh, shout out to all our new listeners because yeah, I did, there are, there's a lot of yeah. people that I imagine are listening to this podcast for the very first time and maybe they came through because of Snask or maybe they came through because of uh, Utendal or or just discovered us because brand new or uh, I've literally been on the streets of New York telling mm. people about our podcast word of mouth style yes um, I've been doing that for a couple months so I, it's working yeah it is working and I guess this is a good place to say if you are a fan of the podcast and uh, rate and review the show. Like, leave us. Uh, you know, you can you can actually uh, score the podcast. I don't know. I think out of four, I you can give a rating. Five. Is it five? Give five. us a five. Give us five. And tell promote the show. Tell tell your friends or um, share the share. Don't don't gatekeep the our podcast. Tell people about it. And uh, yeah, give us a you know give us a review, and that helps us. Yeah, helps write, our numbers. Write a, write a funny review or something. I don't know. Yeah, write something. Or we'll call you out and give us some uh, you know tasteful criticism or things you'd like to see yeah get involved and i think it's been great to see kind of some 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 new listeners in parts of the world that quite honestly we um we we we've never been there and uh i know we're popping off in peru yeah we're popping off in peru and there's a long list of of countries and and uh places that our, our 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 podcast is is being listened in so internationally known yeah so if you're listening also, if you're listening outside of America and you have listened to like the podcast like a bunch or have listened to a number of episodes, just hit us up on Instagram, front thought center, and just be like, hey, fan from Peru. We just would love to sort yeah, of hear from you. DMs are literally always open. Yeah, and we'll shout you out. Like if you say say what up and we'll we'll maybe we do a shout out episode. Just shout out all the listeners. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. If you have ideas, honestly, send them our way. And we are going to continue to book guests. Um, I think the guest episodes are real fun. Mm-hmm. We get a little serious, talk about people and their process. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think we've done a good job of finding the right people. And uh, or I'm going to be honest. People just reach out to us and we say, oh, you want to be on our podcast? Sure. You can come on. So if you want to be on our podcast... Also hit us up. Yeah, email, email me at Kevin at Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit us up and we'll we'll maybe put you on our podcast. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll respond to the email. It's possible. I can't make. We can't make any promises yeah. of any sort. But I've been getting better at seeing my emails. That's good, Kevin. That makes me happy. Kevin has been on a tear lately. He has been yeah. doing really good at his job. Wow, so thank you. Alex. I think I just want to say for all the episodes where i rip into you and say uh you know you're, you haven't been you're, doing that as much recently no so. i know it's because you yeah. you're, you've been doing really good and actually um oh, I'm thanks, pr- I'm thanks, proud of you. thanks dad <laughs> <laughs> i'm proud of you um but you know i'm proud of the podcast and we want to keep doing it um and but we only do it because people listen yeah somebody on tiktok said we were the worst podcast ever what yeah i didn't even see that send that to me it was pre- i thought it was pretty funny really i said thank you for your support wow because wow. that means they th- at least they listened I mean, listen, or they just watched one clip and they said, damn, these guys suck, which, um, valid. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> fuck you. You suck. You suck. Well, let me listen to your podcast and, uh, let me see. Let me, let me see what you're doing over there. Commenter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, everyone, we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Peace. Hello.